Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to episode 253 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Before we get into today's interview, we want to let listeners know that Cannabis Health Radio is looking for sponsors and advertisers to help us to continue to bring you these podcasts. If you're a company with a high-quality product and want to find out about partnering with us, send us a message through the contact page at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Now, on to today's guest. And how far would you go to help your child who suffers from an illness? I think the answer from most parents would be whatever it takes. Our guest today is a former police officer from Scotland who bought cannabis from the Netherlands to give to her son who is experiencing up to 20 seizures a day. And joining us from Scotland to tell her story is Lisa Quarrell. Lisa, very good of you to do this. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Hi. Hi, no problem. Lisa, when did your son Cole first begin having seizures? Um, Cole took his first seizure when he was three months old. Three months old. And uh, how old is he now? He was seven in July. Seven in July. So what sort of medications was he on initially? Cole's tried 20 different pharmaceutical medicines. Um, Four of these are unlicensed. Um, And he also had brain surgery when he was two. When you say unlicensed, what does that mean? Um, In the UK, if a a pharmaceutical medication is approved um, and tested and regulated, um, they have to go through a licensing process. So... We can, the doctors here can prescribe licensed medicine, which is fully approved, regulated, and has went through all the licensing um, approval system. However, there are other other drugs that are unlicensed, which means the doctor and the dispensing chemist are kind of more at risk to get into trouble if the patient gets the drug prescribed that's unlicensed, if they have any severe side effects or anything. So it's a kind of... Um, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's a, it's a system that if a drug is, say, approved for one treatment but not really approved for another, then the doctor will look at the risks to that patient on an individual basis and decide whether they think that the best option is to give them that treatment. Okay. Now, what was life like for Cole when he was on these medications? Um, all over the place. Cole was a really kind of dulled personality, didn't show very much emotion. He, depending on what side effects, on what drug, sometimes he would be really irritable. Um, at three years old, he was smashing up his bedroom, really quite violent towards his big brother, who is almost three years older than him. Um, he has significant development delays. He would be drowsy or not sleep at all. Um, sometimes he would come out in a rash. Um Cold seizures were always um, mostly through the night. So he would start having seizures uh, when he fell asleep right through till the early hours of the morning. Sometimes he would have breakthrough seizures during the day. Um, but the majority of his seizures were through the night. So because he would be seizing all night, um, he would be quite exhausted during the day anyway. And then obviously adding on the medication that causes drowsiness or irritable um, lack of concentration, 
um, you know, he had a number of, of side effects, um, but Cole's drug resistant. So any drug that he went on, if he didn't get side effects quite quickly, the drug would then just stop working after. It could be anything from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. So it's probably always a constant search to find something else that would work then? Yeah, it kind of got to the stage where, you know, we would sit down with his consultant and it would be like, okay, well, let's try this, let's try this. But they, they knew after um, the the fourth drug that Cole was drug resistant um, and they knew that there was a very tiny chance that Cole would ever be seizure free on medication. Um, and that was told to us when Cole was just over a year old and we spent the second year of his life preparing for brain surgery. Um, which he had a lesionectomy, which is part of his left temporal lobe, um, his brain removed. Um, a small piece, um, kind of three centimetres by three centimetres, which is where they believed the seizures were, were, were starting. And um, they thought if they removed that, that it would stop the seizures. Um, it did for six months, and then the seizures came back. Um, initially, they came back one or two every kind of couple of months and then by the year later he was having them every other day what was life like for you horrendous um i mean i don't know if you guys have ever watched anyone take a seizure or a child take a seizure but when it's your own baby um take a seizure after seizure after seizure and they don't know um, they don't understand um, why they're waiting their cell for, why they can't do things that other kids can do. Um, it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, I had a, a, a wee boy that was very active. He could ride a two-wheeler bike. Um, he just happened to have seizures all night long. Um, and then obviously, October 2018, their life changed massively um, and everything started to deteriorate even worse. I can't imagine what life would be like for you uh, when you're... It's exhausting. Yeah. You're, you're, I, I don't remember the last time I got a good night's sleep. Um, I don't remember what sleeping feels like, that you go to bed and you sleep all night and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. can't remember what that feels like um, because even though I've now got them stabilised, it's still a constant worry because um, I'm fighting to access it through our NHS. And you have another son to deal with as well. I do. I do. My oldest son's 10. How did he feel about his younger brother seizing? Oh, he he's absolutely amazing with him. Um, he knew exactly what to do and come and get me. Um, but it's a huge stress on my, my eldest son, Dylan, because, you know, we, of Cole, Cole can't be on his own. So he's either with his brother or he's with me because I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's a lot of responsibility to put on small shoulders. Um, even when Cole started school, um, he managed to go to mainstream school, which is the same school as his brother. And um, when he took his first seizure in school, they got my eldest son to sit with him until I got there, which is a huge responsibility for any child, you know. And he takes it all really well and he, he handles it. But he has missed out on a lot of his childhood with me because I've spent a lot of it with his brother in hospital or going to appointments or, you know, missing school shows because I've I've got the hospital with his brother. You know, it's just it's just been a, a kinda sad few years for us all. But my boys just put a smile on it and they go on me. They're they're so resilient. They're I call them my warriors. Mm-hmm. Now tell us how you discovered cannabis and take us through through that story. Um, so June 
2018, um, Cole's seizures had come back really, really, um, like, um, they had got worse and frequent. They were, they were happening all the time. They were happening longer and they were more kind of aggressive. And I put a post out on social media and Facebook asking if anyone was aware of any treatment available anywhere in the world, didn't matter what the cost was, that could help my son. Because at that point, they told me that Cole's only options were a second brain surgery or um, to go over all the medicines he'd already tried and failed. Um, knowing what had happened first time round, I didn't want to put him through that. And also, having went through brain surgery, um, that wasn't going to be an option either. So I put the post on social media and every comment nearly was about cannabis. Um, and I kind of thought, right, this is a good collection of people from all different backgrounds. There has to be something in this. This isn't like a group of people that all know about cannabis. It was everybody that I had spoke to in different aspects of my life were all mentioning the same oil. So I did a bit of research, tried to find out why it was demonised. Obviously, being a police officer, um, everything I associated with cannabis was quite negative. Um, things like psychosis, paranoia, um, that was what I believed to be true. And um, I researched and researched and researched and could not find anything negative about cannabis that wasn't written by a pharmaceutical company that was set to gain. Um, and I then began thinking there's actually something in this. So I went to a meeting with his doctor in the August and mentioned it. And he told me to stop being so ridiculous, stop um, reading propaganda online. Wow. So I um, then began going to seminars. I went to see professors. I then met families and spoke daily to other families who had either been taking cannabis oil for their children or had been looking into the, the prospect of it. Um, and one of the, the parents was Hannah Deacon, who's mum of Alfie Dingley, who's kind of renowned in the UK for helping change the law. Um, and, uh, you know, I read and I researched Alfie's story. I also, also read and researched um, Vera Tooney's story. And, you know, they just really hit home with me. Um, also, Callie Blackwell is another big story that really gave me goosebumps. So I think with Callie as well, because she documented it real time. Um, and then fast forward five years later, I'm reading the story thinking, wow, you know, that's a dark place to have been in and what a place to come out of. So I started um, a kind of support group looking at other parents to kind of back up what we were doing and take it to the Scottish government. And uh, yeah, it kind of, kind of went on from there. Now, were you a police officer at the time? No, I left the police when I was a year old, uh, when Cole was a year old, because they weren't very supportive um, with Cole's medical conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done a number of interviews with uh, parents whose children have had uh, seizures, and the only thing that seems to work is cannabis. Yeah. And uh, now, how did you purchase cannabis? How did you get it from the Netherlands into Scotland? That's an interesting story. So, um, I, Cole was, um, Cole was given one of only five prescriptions in the whole of Scotland for the cannabis-based medicine in the UK, which at the time was unlicensed, but is now licensed, called Epidiolex. Um, unfortunately, Cole didn't react very well to Epidiolex because 
Um, I knew that you needed whole plant, but and I knew this was a CBD isolate and that it probably wouldn't work. But I kind of thought maybe we would get a couple of months um, where these seizures would, you know, kind of die down a wee bit and we would get um, a bit of relief. Um, unfortunately, it, it, it Cole was riding a two-wheeler bike on the 10th of February and by the 26th of February, he was completely wheelchair-bound, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't swallow properly oh, and couldn't even lift his own head up. Um, so... I decided at that point that enough was enough and um, I flew over to Holland um, in March and um, took his medical records with me and went, to, I walked for four days, um, I think I did about 30 miles a day um, and spoke to a doctor over there and was given a prescription for Bedrolite cannabis oil. Um, I was over the moon, but obviously at that point I only had a Dutch prescription and not a UK prescription, which meant that bringing it home was illegal. Um, but facing the the only alternative, which was that I believe my son at that point was dying, um, I smuggled it back into the UK, um, put it in my hand luggage, and came through customs without declaring it. Was this THC and CBD or just a full extract CBD from cannabis? No, no, THC. THC it was um, yeah. completely illegal. And how much do you give him? Um, at the time, because I was, um, I was under Dutch instructions, which is basically start at the bottom and work your way up really, really slowly until you find the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. The sweet spot is when you get relief from seizures or seizure-free. Um, so I started on 0.1 mils twice a day um, and it took probably about two to three weeks to build them up to a point where I could notice a big difference. I think it was about 0.5 mils before we, we started to notice that that was his seizures um, almost gone. Um, he was started it in the 28th of March and um, he was seizure free by the 1st of April. Um and then he was back walking by the 11th of April. Um, and then I had him fully recovered by the end of April. That's of last year, 2019. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's now on 0.8 miles twice a day. Um, his dad took him on holiday. Um, and while he was on holiday, his breathing went a wee bit funny. And he took a, a growth spurt before he'd went. So his dad had said, oh, you know, I'm going to put his oil up. I think his breathing went a wee bit funny and that's usually the start of a seizure and I'm a bit worried, so I'm just going to put it up and see. So his dad put it up, but me being me, I'm a bit of a control freak and I think I know best. So when <laughs> he came back, um, I decided to take his oil back down because I thought maybe his dad had jumped the gun and put it up too early. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, a few days later, Cole took a 10-second kind of breathing seizure, partial seizure. Um, that was on the 11th of August, and I put his oil straight back up, and touch wood since then, we've had nothing. Lisa, um, what's the, what, do you know what the cannabinoid profile is of the stuff you've got him on? Like, what's the level of CBD in that, do you know? It's 9% CBD to 1% THC. Thank you. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that are going to ask that, or want uh, to so know. So it's, it's really, it's really low in THC, um, there's not a high THC, there are... Other products um, from Bedrican, which is a pure THC, which is Bedica, which allows parents to put their children on 
Bedrolite, which is a nine to one ratio. And then if you, you need additional THC, you can just add extra THC in so that you're not stuck to a certain amount because obviously THC just needs kind of small amounts sometimes. So he doesn't get high on that? No. Cole gets, I, I always joke, we have a, a medicine here called Calpol. Do you know Calpol? No. So Calpol's paracetamol for children. Um, it's really kind of sugary. Kids love it. It's really sweet strawberry um, medicine for when they're unwell, like if they've got a temperature or whatever, you give them Calpol. And I always say Cole gets more of a of a, a dunce, the word I would use, more of a, a kind of high off Calpol because it's it's he get he gets drowsy. Um, with, with Calpol, we are with his medicine. It, he doesn't change. He takes his medicine morning and night, and it makes absolutely no difference to him and his day. In fact, just the other night, um, he had his medicine, and within ten minutes, he wanted to run up and down the hall to show me that he was faster than Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> And how has he changed since he's been seizure-free? Um, so Cole's last real seizure was the 1st of April. Um, and as I say, his last partial seizure was the 11th of August. Um, and since then, Cole's been dreaming for the first time ever. Um, Cole could never dream before because when he went to sleep, he didn't sleep long enough or deep enough to be able to have a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, which was amazing, amazing for me because I just couldn't believe that you know, I didn't know that it was possible for my wee boy to dream, believe it or not. I just didn't think he would be able to. Um, his he's became the best version of himself. He's he's funnier. He's um, he's more emotional. He cuddles me, tells me he loves me. Um, sometimes he can be stroppy and moody and have a wee tantrum to himself. But you know what I would class as a normal seven year old boy. We are before he wasn't. He was just dulled down. Everything was dulled and numb. And he just wasn't himself. He's sharp. He's funny. He's just, he's just such a good wee boy. And it's completely changed your life. You know, for a while, his brother didn't have his wee brother to play with. Um, and they're both massively into superheroes, massively into wrestling. And um, they would sit with their figures and wrestle and play superheroes. And for, for about, you know, a couple of months, Dylan lost that. He didn't have his wee brother anymore because his brother couldn't sit up or he couldn't play, couldn't do anything. Um, and to, to have that back and watch the two and be able to play again is just massive for me. And it must be great for you too. Do you actually get a night's sleep now? Uh, well, I'm not sure I get a full night's sleep because I still I still worry constantly. I don't know that that will leave me anytime soon. But yeah, I do get a better sleep. Um, Cole still sleeps in beside me every night because I've, I've not quite got to the grasp where I can let him go. We're mm-hmm. talking about doing that this year. That's our big step this year is putting him in his own bed. Um, with a bed alarm and stuff just so that I've got some kind of security but um, yeah getting him out of his mum's bed and being allowed allowing him to have some more independence um, for me it's 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 massive you know I, at one point I was sat in a hospital room um, in March um, and hiding in the toilets every time I needed to cry because the hospital told me that was it for Cole there was nothing else they could offer me and they did not know what was causing his deterioration um, and that, you know, he could deteriorate and die if we didn't give him a second brain surgery. Um, but the brain surgery that was an option was going to leave him paralysed down one side and, un- and and partially sighted. Um, so to go from the prospect of that um, to now having my wee boy back riding a tubular bike um, is just phenomenal. Um, you know, I sat in the hospital praying that 
if anything came back, he would be able to speak. If nothing else, just as long as he could speak because I couldn't understand my own wee boy and he was asking me things and telling me things and I couldn't understand him. And when you go from, mm. you know, six years of of um, cheek and nonsense for your wee boy to this wee soul lying in a hospital bed that, that's just drooling and unable to even set his own head up, it's just heartbreaking. What do the doctors feel now that uh, when they when they see Cole, knowing that he's been on cannabis, is seizure free and is essentially um, normal? Um, to be honest, I've been met with quite a lot of negativity. Um, the he's on another drug, which was he, he was put on in the hospital called phenytoin, um, and they kind of intimate that it could be that. And initially, they were saying it was just that. And then they realised that actually phenytoin is quite a toxic drug and it causes severe side effects. And children usually need loading doses every few weeks. And Cole's not had a loading dose since he's been on it. And he's not suffering any side effects, Touchwood. And I believe that's the cannabis that's that's stopping that. Um, I believe that 100% that cannabis has saved his life. Um, and that it's, or it might not be a medical drug, as apparently I'm not allowed to use that word, but it's her medical, it's my medical for my wee boy. Um, the doctors are not really interested. Um, as I say, for 10 months he's been on it. He's only had one seizure in 10 months. Amazing. No one has has looked at my wee boy as any kind of live trial or, wow, how is this working? Let's check this, let's do that. You know, even if it was a way of them proving me wrong, there's there, there's no interest there. There's none. They are very good at caring for him. They will check his levels for his phenytoin. But as far as the cannabis is concerned, they take an absolute backseat and don't really want to even talk about it to me at any meetings. Hmm. Lisa, did you experience any legal repercussions as a result of this? Um, so when I, I, I did a documentary that was filmed by um, BBC Scotland Disclosure Team, um, which is called Can Cannabis Save My Child? And um, it was filmed from the January and I smuggled the drugs through customs on May, um, March, April, May. And um, it was filmed. So after the documentary went live, yeah, I was headline news, ex-cop smuggles drugs um, to save son, you know. Um, but the police said there was no criminal charges put against me. However, I, did, I was investigated for child protection issues. Um, questioned as as a mum was I fit to be uh, to keep my children well, you know, you're fit after. you're fit if you give them all the chemicals right yeah I know I know so crazy it's, it's, it's nuts um, but they did come back it was actually Cole's birthday they contacted me in the morning to tell me that I, there was no uh, case to answer and there would be no charges brought against me um, so that was nice to hear um, even though I did say quite openly um, that doesn't really matter because as far as I'm concerned what I did save my wee boy's life when the NHS here told me there was nothing they could do um, and and you know cannabis healed him and cannabis got better and so I don't regret my decision and I would do the same tomorrow if I was faced with that predicament again. Now do you continue to uh, smuggle the drug in from the Netherlands? No um, I found um, or I was given details by another parent of a, a private consultant um, that works from uh, London and was given a private prescription for Cole in May just after the documentary, uh, sorry just before the documentary went live 
Um, so I now um, have a legal prescription for the UK. However, it's private, which means in the UK we have an NHS. So in Scotland, I have an NHS. So we our medical care is all paid for. Um, but unfortunately, because this is private, because the NHS won't prescribe it, it means that I'm having to pay for it um, £840 every 28 days. Um, and also, I now have a company who import the oil from Holland into um, Glasgow, where I live, for mm -hmm. coal. So everything I do now is legal. It's just very expensive. It really defies logic, doesn't it, that the medical profession is willing to uh, cut into your child's brain, make him partially paralyzed, and uh, give him toxic pharmaceutical drugs, yet it finds a way to demonize the use of cannabis, which has helped him and made him a normal child. Yeah. Um, the last conversation I had with um, the NHS um, was that, you know, Cole had failed with 20 pharmaceutical drugs. He'd tried brain surgery, again, failed. He tried the only legal prescribed cannabis-based medicine, which is actually a CBD isolate and full of garbage. Um, it's got chemicals added to it. It's not pure mm -hmm. um, and failed. And I'd said to them, you know, why won't you look at him as a seven-year-old boy that's the best version of himself um, and think, right, okay, this is working pretty amazing. Let's look at it. Let's help them. Let's work with her instead of working against her. You know, there's there's no parent in the world would go as high profile as I did, would risk getting their children taken off them. Um, you know, to for what? unless it was something that was pretty spectacular, there's no parent that's going to risk all that and is going to go to the extremes. Um, it would, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, for, for the NHS, you know, I've kind of said to them, Cole's the best version he's ever been. Um, the, 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 I've got video evidence. I've got daily video evidence of Cole when he declined, when he improved. Everything is documented um, and still they won't engage. Yeah, the NHS for listeners is the National Health Service in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're the people who make decisions on whether we get a prescription or not. Lisa, is there a chance that Cole may outgrow his seizures as he gets older? No. Cole has um, cortical dysplasia, which is damaged tissue on the left side of his brain. Um, and obviously, now that they've removed part of his brain, um, on the latter scans that he had in October last year, which is, um, sorry, October 2019, eh, sorry, 2018, um, it showed that the damage that they believed was there when he was two is actually a lot larger and deeper than ever they had known before. And that is why the second surgery would mean disconnecting the left from the, the right side of the brain and would have left him partially sighted and unable to feel his right side of his body. Um, but again, in October 2018, I was told at that point, that was Cole's only option, and I was told that if I left him and continued this nonsense, he would deteriorate and die. But he's uh, he's normal today. How's he doing in school? Um, he's still got development delays, but a lot of that's caused by the amount of school he's missed. Um, yeah. he had three months off school. Mm -hmm. Um, with the the, the when he failed the kind of February March April, um, 
we actually had a talk at the school because he was completely wheelchair bound and the school was trying to do their best to keep him in mainstream education um and we we kind of put things in place for wheelchair but when he got so bad it got to the stage where we're thinking you know it's unfair he can't even speak that he won't be able to come back to school and then obviously when that happened with the cannabis within a couple of weeks he was walking back in the front doors of the school and they couldn't believe it <laughs> amazing yeah that really yeah. that really yeah. is the amazing the teachers actually cried because it was over it was over a holiday period um i think it might have been the the april kind of easter break um and i cried at a meeting and said cole probably won't be back at the school um and the teachers were really really upset and then i went home we had a couple of weeks off and then he walked in the front door of the school and they could not believe it they, oh, they must have been flabbergasted yeah, yeah, they were. Um, it's it's just he's just incredible. He's just such a an absolute inspiration. Um, he just just took everything that's happened to him and just rolled with it. As I say, he's got slight development delays, so he's 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 getting extra tuition. I'm getting him a tutor and stuff that comes out to the house. He gets extra support in school. Um, he's got a couple of kind of anxiety issues with. Um, what looks a bit like PTSD, um, I think because he got so sick so quickly and then he got better and he doesn't understand. He remembers everything, but he doesn't understand. And all he can think about is, I don't want to end up back in my chair again. Mm-hmm. And how will I not end up in my chair? Um, and as his mum, all I can do is promise him that I won't let that happen, which is making sure he continues to get his cannabis medicine. Well, that's bloody traumatic for a, a youngster to yeah. go yeah. through what uh, Cole has gone through. I mean, even as an adult, to go through that would be very traumatic. You'd, you'd yeah. suffer from PTSD. Does he get along uh, well with the, the, his other uh, friends at school? Yeah, he does now. He used to um, struggle to make friends. Um, Again, before he was, when he was on all the pharmaceutical drugs, he was a bit dulled down, so he didn't really have any kind of personality. It was just everything. He was quite shy and didn't really know how to make friends. We are recently, you know, he's got, he's so um, confident now and he can talk to anyone um, and he's got a real good network of friends, so much so that when he went back to school, when he got better, um, when he was really sick, he asked me, could he have a party? with everyone in his class, which I think there's 25 of them, mm. but it had to be in your house and they all had to be here at the one time. So when he got better, he held me to my promise and we had 25 kids here celebrating his recovery uh-huh. in my house. <laughs> crazy. And you've never been the same since. <laughs> no, that's great. Lisa, it's a fantastic story and uh, we wish you a good night's sleep. And uh, we wish you all the best for Cole and his older brother, Dylan. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for speaking to me. Thank you for sharing your story, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. I'd like to thank producer Ron Zarr for donating his studios so we can record these interviews in Cannabis Health Radio. And also Mark, who posts our podcasts on YouTube. And Ron wants me to thank my wife for voicing the intro and the outro on Cannabis Health Radio. And I'd like to thank Lisa because I love her. And uh, also thank you, Corey. What are you smiling at? (laughs) I'm just looking at you. You're just looking at me and smiling. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.